Hello my good friends, in this episode of Key Players, I have the pleasure to interview one of my good friends, Casey Harrington, who is a former classmate of mine and business partner. In this interview, we dive a little bit into the first venture that we started in our humble beginnings as entrepreneurs after graduating from college. So with no further ado, here's the interview with Casey Harrington. Casey, welcome to Key Players. I'm so happy to have you here in the podcast. I'm honored to be here. Well, Casey has been a great key player in my life uh, because at the point where I realized I wanted to be an entrepreneur, that's uh, the, the same time that Casey decided to be an entrepreneur as well. So let's talk a little bit about how we met. I like to ask that to every single of my key players. Where do we meet? How did we meet? Well, we, we had a few economic classes together. Yeah. But I think where we really started to get close was our capstone course, Entrepreneurship, last semester in college. Right. Yeah, Bob's class. Yeah, and that class was, was awesome for us because something interesting is that in that last semester, I think, Casey, you, the same way as I was, uh, we were trying to figure out what was the next step, right? What were we going to do with our careers? Um, I always knew, well, I guess not I always, but... But before graduation, I, I was getting that entrepreneurial bug, especially in that class. I felt like that's something I want to do. However, at the same time, I, I just didn't know it's, if that was something I wanted to do right after college, right? Because it's kind of scary. Oh, yeah, go and start your own business right after you graduate with no money. But um, so I was exploring some options. One of those was the Peace Corp that didn't work out. Another one was um, doing public policy consulting for a company in Washington, D.C. That one didn't work out. The interview went terrible for that. Um, but what about you, Casey? What, what were you trying to, I guess, explore at that time before graduating from college? Well, going into the last semester, <clears throat> I was pretty dead set on joining the military. I was going to go into the Navy and and try to become a naval aviator. And that, you know, my mind was pretty much set. But it was it was that class that kind of turned it around and you know, made me really approach you and say, hey, you know, we want to take this seriously so we can turn this into something whenever we graduate. Right. And and that's interesting because in, uh, you were taking already some pilot test, pilot, I guess, tests or something like that. And you were in the process of doing all of that. I remember that. And I was actually excited. I'm like, man, you're going to be flying some cool jets. <laughs> yeah. But um, in that class, I told you a little bit about that capstone project. Uh, we had to create, a, I guess, a, the business model for, I guess, a potential company. And um, and we had some ideas before we decided what to do. So do you remember the first ideas that you had? So before we started the ideas, I remember you and I were talking and we were like, hey, man, let, let's try to do something that we can actually make real. But that was just an idea for us to kind of say, okay, let's just feel like, you know, we don't have a plan. Let's, let's try to do something that we can actually make happen. So what ideas did you have? Um, the first idea was drone delivery. Right. I remember that that was, that was on the forefront. Amazon was talking about, you know, introducing drone delivery and it was a new industry. And the reason why we really wanted to kind of dive into this was just because of all the unanswered questions that were there. It was exciting to kind of go out there and try to answer those questions. Um, so that was the first idea, but it wasn't the one that we ended up going with. Right, because it was very difficult to get something like that going. There are so many rules on that, and it was just difficult. Plus, a lot of money to just buy drones, right, at this point. But uh, so we ended up um, 
So I guess you, you shared that idea with me and, and, and then I mixed some of my thoughts with those thoughts and, and I, I guess I, I mentioned why don't we do some sort of like delivery services with, with couriers like part of, as part of the sharing economy, right? And uh, so we, we started exploring more of that and, um, and we ended up building this idea called Turby. So what, what was Turby? So Turby was a delivery platform where we connected people who needed a delivery with people who could facilitate that delivery. And as Andy said, it was a, it was a sharing economy application. And you know, whenever we first kind of got into this, I we didn't even really know of any competitors out there. Right. Um, we just we thought that this would be awesome. Yeah, we thought it was a million dollar idea, which actually. It is a million dollar idea. Many companies are making millions of dollars with these type of things, but at that point we thought we were the only ones doing something like this. So before we get ahead of ourselves, one day I remember, um, I guess a few weeks before probably graduation or finishing that semester, um, we had a really cool conversation at, at the parking lot on campus, I remember. And um, do you remember some of that, Casey? Yeah, I remember a little bit. And yeah. It wasn't just uh, a spontaneous conversation. I, you know, I had the intentions of, of approaching you prior to that class because I wanted someone who was going to take it as seriously as I was, and I wanted somebody who was going to be dedicated to the project so that we could put work into something that we could make real whenever we graduated. So after after class that night, I remember walking up to you in the parking lot and just asking you. You know, how serious are you about this? Yeah, oh, I remember that. And then I said, dude, I'm serious. I want to do this. So so we decided to go for it. So we decided, okay, after graduation, we're going to start this company. This We're going to build this startup. So at that time, there was the opportunity to sign up for a competition in Atlanta. It was called the TYEU competition. And it's, a, I guess, a business plan entrepreneurship competition for schools around the state of Georgia. So we participated in that. And that was really cool for us to to just start getting, I guess, introduced to the entrepreneurial culture and what entrepreneurship was all about. Because we learned, I guess, the basics of it in our classroom, but but then it was real life. So what about that competition? How was the preparation for that? Well, the competition was awesome. I, I remember whenever we walked up to Bob and asked him to be our advisor for the and competition. Bob is our professor for entrepreneurship. Yes, right. sorry, yeah. Um, and asked Bob to be the advisor for the competition. And at first, he was kind of reluctant. You could, you could tell he was thinking, like, okay, do I have time for this? Yeah, he's like, are you guys serious about this? <laughs> yeah, and that, that was the second one. He didn't know how serious we were. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, he, he finally signed on with it. And looking back, that would have been a big deal if he wouldn't have signed on with it. That's true. You know, it would have been a big deal. Because, um, yeah. he, he, you know, he, he was a huge, a huge role in that effort uh, working with us. Um, but... The competition was really rigorous, and looking back, we had no idea about entrepreneurship. We had no idea about tech startups. We had no idea about app development, about <laughs> app development or anything. We were complete novices, and you know, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Right. The, the, the amount we, we learned through that whole process was awesome. Yeah, and Bob, he, he just became a huge key player in our lives, huge mentor, coach. He went out of his way just to help us get rolling. And honestly, I'm I'm curious. I would like to ask, I, I, I haven't 
talk to Bob about the topic in, I guess, in a few months, but, but I would like to ask him what was going through his mind, right, when we were just going for it. It, it was a very interesting idea, you know, on-demand on delivery service through a mobile application, uh, something something that I guess in, in the whole sense of the, of the meaning, it sounds simple, but at the same time going to the, the development of something like this was, uh, was actually very difficult. So, so what were some of the obstacles that we had, Casey, in, in the development of trying to get this started? Because you and I were not programmers. Uh, we, uh, we just, we are not designers either. We just are these two guys with this idea. And actually we didn't even have any money as well, so. Yeah, we had every, everything against us really. Yeah. Uh, we were from a small market which, you know, going into this, we didn't really know that in order for an idea for like this to work, you had to have large market share. Otherwise, it just wouldn't be viable. Um, and we didn't know how to code, so we had to bring on a software developer, uh, which wasn't a problem, but I guess our ideas changed so frequently oh, yeah. that keeping the software you know, putting the work into making the software what we wanted it to be became difficult because our ideas kept changing because, you know, we would get different customers or get different options and new competitors would another market. It would just, you know, we kept getting a new competitor every month. I think in 2015, we, it, you would send me an email and I would just, <laughs> it would just drive me crazy. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, another competitor. Yeah, and that's the thing from a few minutes ago, as I mentioned, we thought it was a novel, new, innovative idea uh, but then as we actually going to that competition in Atlanta, it was very eye-opening to start seeing that there were many versions of this um, model. Um, not exactly the same, but very similar in many cities around the country. So it was booming. And something about entrepreneurship is that barrier to entry is something, um, something, something tricky because if you get into a business where it's easy for anybody to get in the business, which it could be for someone who can develop an app to get in the business, um, well, it will kill a lot of what share you get of that market, right? So that, that was a really complicated thing. So it's just interesting. I, I mean, just thinking about economics in general, there are things that are really hard, there are businesses that are really hard to get into, but, but if you get a piece of those businesses, well, you, you're gonna get a big share, you're gonna be able to make some good profits off of that and then you know do whatever you want to do but but with this we're realizing well this is happening everywhere so this model is one of those businesses that grow based on volume the, the more dense the city the, the more money you can make but but we were here from Savannah right so we went to Atlanta for this competition but in Savannah the city is not as dense and it's a smaller I guess area um, so that competition, we, we ended up not winning anything, right? So we didn't really win anything in Atlanta, which was discouraging because we prepared a lot for it. So what do you remember from that? <laughs> um, I remember the, the first round we go and we give our presentation and we are matched up with a mentor by the name of Steve. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Steve is a very in your face, he's not gonna hold anything back, he's gonna tell you exactly what he's thinking, plus even more. <laughs> and he tore our presentation apart. And after that, we didn't even eat lunch, I don't think. We might have we might have had like a working lunch, but we spent the entire time just making adjustments to our presentation before we went and presented it to the, the panel of judges. 
Um, and during our presentation, you know, I thought we did well. We implemented a lot of Steve's suggestions, but afterwards, I think there were 23 or 24 teams, and they chose six, and they didn't announce our names. So, you know, and we was, couldn't believe it because we knew we did really well. Yeah. Like we were very sharp. We knew our business model, but we just, in some way, I feel like we didn't connect with all of the judges. I would say. Yeah. What which which judge do you think we didn't connect with the most? Well, um, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is a tricky one. This one judge specifically, I don't know if we want to mention the company he works for, but he's a very successful founder of a very successful company that can be a controversial company, a startup. Um, but this one judge who is pretty much our age or probably one year older than us. So, um, uh, he uh, he didn't like us. He felt like, I don't know, I don't know if we, he felt threatened by us or if he just didn't believe in what we were doing. So so in some way, he just, um, he, gave, he gave really bad reviews when it came to like the judging uh, panel. So um, yeah, and that really killed us from getting a position in the, in the I guess the, the teams that made it to the second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then surprisingly enough whenever we were heading back we got a phone call from steve and not just steve but paul as well from ty and they just told us that there had been some issues with one of the judges (laughs) kind of being biased towards us and just judging so they let us in they let us into the final round which was a big deal for us and you know it was a huge win um but we still had more preparation to go, uh, and that was whenever we brought on Francis. Right, so that was uh, our software developer. Um, and then we got ready for the final round, which was the second round of, of, uh, of the TYU or Thai competition. And, um, and we were very sharp for that. We had a little, I guess, prototype of the app, but, but still, we did not get anything. I, that was crazy, that was so crazy. I couldn't believe it because I knew we did really well. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised too. Um, but you know, during the whole process, I remember when we went up to Charleston to meet with Steve actually, and Francis was with us. We ended up driving back that night with a lot of ideas, and I think yeah. we stayed up until three or four o'clock in the morning putting right. together a prototype of the app. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's actually true. Yes, I, re- I remember that. Yeah. I mean, oh. you think of simple things like that that yeah. we should have done way in advance, but just our lack of knowledge in the, in the area. I mean, we've learned a lot through the entire process, and yeah. not even that, but getting more plugged in with uh, the local community here. Yeah, that's true. So, so I'm glad you say that because we realized Atlanta was not going to work for us. It's a big monster. Like it was hard to get investment there, and we just it was just very difficult to get started there. Uh, so we realized, okay, well, we may want to get started in Savannah. So we kind of scaled back a little bit um, in our business idea and and started getting involved with the entrepreneurial ecosystem here in Savannah, but we built some really cool relationships here with really cool people. So one of those is uh, the Creative Coast, and the Creative Coast is a nonprofit that sponsors or encourages the, the development of entrepreneurship here in the city of Savannah. And um, we got very involved with them with different programs, participated in one of their competitions called Fast Pitch, got first place in our category of student entrepreneurs there. Um, and also there is one cool event that they sponsor called um, One Million Cups. And, and One Million Cups is a program that happens every Wednesday 
um, for for two entrepreneurs to present on their business models. So we got very involved with that, and actually Casey and I are now uh, community organizers for for One Million Cups. So so it's very cool how. Um, I guess we started getting very involved and I feel like, I don't know about you, Casey, but I feel like I underestimated a little bit the value that Savannah had uh, when I was working on this idea because I wanted to go so big. What were you thinking? I was thinking the same. I thought the Savannah market was too small, but you know, always looking back, we didn't know what we know today. Uh, the market is too small for what we were going for, right. the typical 80-20 split platform that yeah. we were looking at. Um, the Savannah market would be too small, but that was just going to be a starting point for us. And the reason I think why we decided that we wanted to uh, to launch here in Savannah was because of the connections that we made right. through True. the Creative Coast and through the local community because we felt like those connections would support us in spreading the word and getting customers and getting potential uh, you know, clients. So I think that, that, that was the big decision maker of why we wanted to stay out of Atlanta. And plus, we were the only person here in Savannah, so it's better yeah. to be a, you know, a big fish in a small pond true. versus you know, going up to Atlanta where you've got three or four other competitors trying to do the same thing. <laughs> With millions of dollars in funding. Yeah. <laughs> Very hard. Um, okay, so fast forward a few months later, Truby ended up not really taking off. Um, and um, and we had, I guess, we wrote down before the podcast some reasons that we kind of put down on why we think it didn't work out. So, uh, would you share one of those ones that you think? Yeah, I think that the the biggest one was probably passion. Okay. You know, I think that you and I are both passionate about being entrepreneurs, and right. that re- that's really what drove us to go through this entire process. Sure. And that's, you know, that's been on the forefront of our mind. It wasn't necessarily the idea of a delivery platform. We weren't really passionate about that. And I think that when it came down to it, whenever all of the odds were stacked against us, we realized that, hey, we would rather put our attention and focus into something that we really care about right. versus something that we're not passionate about. It's very true. And and it's interesting because initially, I, I got to tell you, I, I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship. And I thought the idea was going to revolutionize the world of like courier services but after realizing that there were so many people doing it all of a sudden i felt like a commodity i felt like we were just like okay what brand of ice cream are you or brand of butter are you you know there are many options out there so we were just one in many and um it was not that challenging anymore so i think that took a lot of the passion away um another thing was capital um the capital needed to get one of these startups rolling, it's a lot of money just to get started. Uh, you got to make sure you have insurance. Uh, you got to make sure you have some sort of lawyer right there uh, making sure if something goes wrong with one of the couriers, uh, they can defend you. And all of We're talking about thousands of thousands of dollars just in, in that area, in legal side, insurance side, liability, whatever. Um, and then another one was... Um, the development of the app itself, yeah, developing a app, developing a app. I guess someone with basic skills in programming can develop any type of basic app, but an application that has a rich design in the front end and then a very functional uh, environment in in the back end, uh, as far as database goes, the connections with the servers and all of that, payment options, payment systems. That uh, getting a software developer that can do all of that on his own without us really offering like 
thousands of thousands of dollars in incentives other than just I guess equity that we were offering the I guess the the developers that we got on board with us uh, it was difficult right mm-hmm. it's very difficult I don't know if you have anything to add to that yeah I mean it was a challenge I think the biggest issue and what really kind of pushed it over the edge to kind of stop Turby was the fact that the developer that we had on board even though we were paying him with equity was working full-time yeah you know same as you and I and he just didn't have the time necessary to dedicate to something like this. We were moving too slow. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. And it's funny that the term of time of time is money, right? Time really in this world of entrepreneurship, time really is money because the more you're, the more time you're taking to to get into one of these industries, uh, the more competitors you're having, the the more you have to find ways to recreate yourself and reinvent yourself, I guess, to make sure you have a brand. And more than anything, it becomes more than a service. It becomes a brand about why are you so cool? Why are you cooler than the other app? So, um, yeah, so those were some challenges. Uh, But, well, present time, I guess, what lessons did we learn from that? I would say the biggest lesson would be that ideas are cheap. Hmm. Um, And I guess a better way to put that is an idea, whether it's good or bad, is very relative to your ability to execute it. I think that's I think that's the the biggest lesson that I learned and I think we've both taken to heart with our next steps. Yeah. Wow. Would you repeat that one more time, Casey? That is really, really good. So ideas are cheap. So anybody can have an idea. Yeah, ideas are very cheap. They're they're a dime a dozen. I mean you can come up with great ideas driving to work in the morning. Right. Um, You know, but it doesn't matter whether they're good or bad is extremely relative to your ability to execute that idea. And I I agree with that a hundred percent. That's very, very true. So but I guess we went on on um on a road of a little bit of I guess I, I guess not sadness but of a little bit of nostalgia of like, wow man, this didn't really work out. But it led to great things, right? Absolutely. So what are we doing now? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, through the whole process of trying to start Turby, we got really connected with the entrepreneurship community here. And through that, it got me connected with my current role with a local nonprofit as the Savannah Director for the Technology Association of Georgia. Um, so I'm doing a lot of work with economic development here in Savannah. I'm still focusing a lot on technology as well. Um, but even more so working on a venture on the side as well that I would, that I'm hopefully wanting to move into full time, um, trying to bring more adventure into people's lives. It's a company called GeoSeekers, and we're starting kind of small here, starting very lean uh, with two trips offered in the Savannah area, specifically kayaking. So keeping the entrepreneurial spirit very alive um, and I know Andy, I know you are as well. Right. So tell me a little bit about what you've got going on. Yeah, so in the next episode, I will be expanding on, on the endeavor that I'm working on right now, which I have shared a little bit in the past episodes, but it's called Watson. And uh, with Watson, we are doing, uh, I guess, team development consulting at this time. We're just helping people communicate and collaborate better with one another. But also our goal is to create an actual digital platform where anybody can access tools for them to improve their interpersonal skills and and uh, of course a platform like that is challenging to create without having someone in front of you walking you through how you improve the way you communicate with others but 
that's the challenge we're taking on and we're excited about it and, and in the next episode actually uh, we're going to be expanding about uh, I guess I will have my other business partner in the podcast sharing a little bit about what we're doing with Watson but but getting back to you, Casey, where can people find you right now as far as GeoSeekers? You have a website, right? Uh, yeah, www.geoseekers.com. Uh, my contact, you can contact me through there, um, or you can register for a trip. We have them all this summer in Savannah. So those of you who want to jump on board, please do so. Awesome. And uh, and just lastly, with TAG and what we're, you're doing right now, do you feel like the experience we took with Turby of, of just taking that leap of faith, I would say, of going full into entrepreneurship after graduating from college. Do you think that was, I guess, in a way, a stepping stone to get you where you are right now? Absolutely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. I think that that was the best stepping stone. And honestly, if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have been qualified for my job at TAG. I probably wouldn't have gotten the job. But so it, was, it was that experience and me being able to talk about that experience during the interview process that I think landed me the job. So I guess one last lesson from this podcast is the value of going for things, just going for it, right? You're passionate about something or you're thinking about doing something. The risk can be scary, but, but you know, if you can find a key player, like I, you know, Casey and I partner up to make this happen with Turby or, or get on this venture, um, it, it can teach you a lot of lessons about life. So that'll be my last takeaway from this. So. Thank you for being in this uh, podcast with me. I, I really appreciate your time. No, I'm honored. Thank you. Awesome. 